Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Student of the Game. I am Kyle Nash, the Student of the Game, and listen, if you're here, chances are you like talking sport, and we are grateful you're here to do it with us. Of course, I am Kyle Nash, the Student of the Game, and the sound is still going. There we go. I am Kyle Nash, the Student of the Game, and uh, listen, great for you to be aboard with us tonight uh, or in the daytime or whenever you're doing it on demand through any of the various podca- podcasting platforms, podcasting platforms, really? Podcasting platforms out there, be it Spreaker, be it uh, Spotify, be it Apple Podcasts, wherever you enjoy your podcasting experience. We will be there for you. And if you don't have it, find me at the SOTG on Twitter and Instagram, as well as Assume the Game on facebook lots of fun this week by the way if you haven't caught it yet check out my springtime college grab bag there where i get it with my friend there uh, chris boyle talking about various things in the recruiting time and spring practice and stuff that a lot of people are really confused about uh and a few extra things too some things of note that happened over here in the ucf community but also a lot of nationally relevant conversations to be had as well in that show with chris so a lot going on there and uh, and and a little, little bit of an informative thing here going through to the student of the game and 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 the conversation about learning a little something extra in the sport thanks for chris uh for coming aboard with that and his uh writings with daytona the, the daytona beach times journal there we go news journal there we go i almost got it wrong there but anyways Thanks to him, you'll see more on that later as it comes out. That was freshly recorded today. Probably going to release that uh, sometime later in the week, over the weekend, what have you. But plenty of things going in the sports world. I know we'll talk plenty about Jalen Hurts and his contract uh, throughout the night. We'll get to that a little bit later. I know the madman Mark Mancini is coming in. And hey, if all goes well, my former co-host from Beyond the Buzzer, well, join us to talk basketball. That's right. Danny Thompson, a.k.a. my favorite fraud con fan, will be in the building. That should be a fun time all the way around. But first, let me get into this and, and talk a little hoop on the pod tonight. Um, first of all, I'm already shocked enough the Sacramento Kings are in the playoffs. Like, I, I come from a generation where Mitch, Mitch Richmond was a big deal, but the team wasn't, right? <laughs> um, you know, that 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 era, that era of the Sacramento Kings. And while we did enjoy that run with Paige Stoyakovic, um, Vlade Divos, Chris Weber, that group, that, that Mike Bibby, that made a lot of noise and was robbed out of a trip to the finals in their face-off against the Fakers there, I said it. Um, the Kings have not exactly been what I would call a pristine franchise, but they're in the playoffs and they're up two to nothing on the Golden State Warriors. But hey, as fun as all of that is on route to getting there, Draymond Green doing Draymond Green things. And and listen, let me be clear. I'm not saying this as I am an anti Draymond person i I would make an argument that draymond green is this generation's charles barkley as a player i'm not sure charles barkley would like that comparison but listen 
Draymond Green hasn't caused an international incident like Charles Barkley did when he was a member of the Dream Team and be shoving people from Angola to the floor. Look that up. That's a thing that happened, folks. I don't even get into what happened here in my hometown involving him and someone in a plate glass window. That's old news, but let's not even bring that up. Draymond hasn't done any of that to my knowledge. But to get into those, for those who are hiding under the proverbial sports rock, the NBA rock used to be talking football, as I often do with the Huddle Up Podcasting. Bing! Um, Bad bing, my bad. Uh, (laughs) Draymond... Uh, during this this playoff game um, was basically in a tie-up with, I'm not going to try to say his first name right now, Sabonis. Uh, <laughs> there was a, a battle for a rebound, and um, Sabonis as, as was knocked to the ground, and as Draymond was running off, uh, Sabonis grabs his leg. Um, and then as... Draymond continues to run. He flayed out, stomps that, stomps uh, Sabonis in the chest. So a lot to uh, unpack there. Um, Let me be clear, because there's too many stupid arguments out there, even from people who I hold high respect for. I'm just going to go right out the gate and say stupid arguments, okay? That's the real deal of what I'm saying here. Stupid arguments. Draymond Green was weighed down a suspension. And in the words of Joel Klatt, and rightly so, okay, the way he stomped Draymond showed intent to me. Now, I know his response was, well, he was grabbing my foot, and there's only so many places I could go, and I didn't want to fall down, and I am, I'm not that agile because I'm big and just on and on. Okay, two problems. And, and keep in mind, With his response, and for lack of a better word, excuse, I'll just call it with his excuse, I'm kind of on his side, but not the way that that sounds, right? Here's the biggest problem. Draymond is going to get suspended for this. Whether he didn't stomp that so intently as as he did to deserve it, I'm willing to bet if if, if he did some pirouette finesse move, he still would have gotten suspended for the stomp because that's what a repeat offender status does to you. Draymond is notorious in the league. Granted, he's not kicked a dude in the crotch, but you know, all I'm saying (laughs) all I'm saying is, I'm making jokes over here, all I'm saying is Draymond wasn't going to come out of this incident unscathed. And especially with the intent of the stomp on Sabonis's chest such that it was he was going to get suspended anyway. The reason he got suspended, in my eyes, isn't so much that a chest was stomped on, but it was with the veracity with which he did it. If it was clear that he showed any element of remorse or effort to avoid stomping Sabonis in a fashion that made it look like a goddamn MMA fight, he might have at least had a defense. He doesn't here. But I also maintain that even if he had that legitimate defense, the league may have still come down with something because of the notorious nature of one Draymond Green. Also, anything anything he tries to explain on a mic, too, because he's also a media personality on the volume, which I got to say, Colin Cowherd coming out and, and just straight up standing for Draymond. Oh, well, they played that way in the 90s. And, and Bill Beard and stomp on Mamma Jamas. Stop it. Keep in mind. I'm a Colin Cowherd guy. 
You may even know the reason I do an intro like this, a monologue, if you will, but at the beginning part of my shows is because it's the style of show and radio I started to kind of try to learn, air quotes, following Colin Cowherd. Now, I do plenty of things different than him, but this part where I yammer at you to open with, if you don't like it, guess what? Thank him. If you do like it, guess what? If you don't like Colin Cowherd, you need to deal with the fact that he is the inspiration for this style. So I say all of that to say, bruh. I get that you're being a team player for your team and that you're doing your best Mark Cuban impression, but shut up. Bill Lambert didn't stomp nobody. All right? And for, by the way, for those of you who don't realize that Beer Lamb- Bill Lambert, Beer Lambert, that's awesome. What that, What a missed marketing opportunity in the 80s, man. Anheuser-Busch could have got in on Beer Lambert in Detroit. Holy shnikes, that would have been tight. Anyways, Bill Lambert, for you don't know is that is a guy that mommies and daddies used to watch be part of a team that regularly beat michael jeffrey jordan over and above the fact had a video game as a player before it was cool bill lampier's combat basketball that's right an early title for the super nintendo sorry Super Nintendo is a system that mommies and daddies used to play as a home console back when the games only had 16-bit graphics. Yeah, and that's only the second generation, fools. Anyways, if Bill Lambeer, the inspiration for a video game called Combat Basketball, never stomped on anybody, why is it okay for Draymond? For anybody that pulls the, well, in the 80s and 90s defense, and listen, I'm a 90s basketball person. I love rough and tumble basketball where there's actual post players and contact and battle for the ball in the post. And you actually took two-point shots. And I'm starting to sound like get off my lawn guy here. But even as get off my lawn guy, Draymond's wrong. Now, one baby like, put Kyle you spent this first 10 minutes of the show talking about how bad Draymond is. Well, it's not completely accurate. I spent a lot of time talking about how surprised I am about the Sacramento Kings in the playoffs. That's still true, even in the middle of this uh, exploration I'm having with you tonight, guys. There's another aspect to this that I think is very incorrect in my mind. And there's kind of an approach, just as an example, that the NFL at least used to have in matters like this when flags got involved and flagrancy was a thing. And 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 I say flagrancy to keep it a concept similar. It would be a personal foul in the NFL, obviously, but flagrancy being a factor in as in to say intent being involved, right? Sabonis grabbed Draymond Green's foot with flagrancy. But Kyle, he got a flagrant run. Yeah, shut up. I get it. He, he got called for a foul, too. Who cares? All right? That's not what we're talking about here. What bugs me just a little bit is that Sabonis grabbed his foot to force Draymond into a situation that he would have to make the choice that he did. Stomp on him in some fashion and, and or fall down. Now, I don't know that Draymond is the kind of guy, nor do I believe it's fair to ask for him to take a dive just in the name of not stomping somebody else, especially when the instigator grabs his foot. You know, Shaq said something on, uh, you know, TNT basketball there along the lines of, hey, I would have stomped him too. 
I get it. And I'm not a Shaq guy, per se, as an analyst. Heck, he's not even particularly my favorite player. No, I'm not denying he's great. I'm just saying he's not my favorite player. My issues with Shaq as a player, are that's a different episode. We'll do that in the offseason if you want. The punchline's this. If Sabonis isn't grabbing anybody's foot, we don't have this going on. And what he did was clearly malicious and worthy of more than a flagrant foul. And he got stomped in retaliation. Now the retaliation's been served. I'm not even saying Sabonis should be suspended. But can we at least find this cat? Okay. We need to curtail this behavior to bait Draymond into doing something like that. And the reason why I say that is nobody wins if Draymond Green is not in the series. And no, I don't just mean Warriors fans, but the NBA in particular. No NBA fan wants to see a Warriors game without Draymond Green in it. That's right. I said it. Is it quite as bad as Steph Curry or Klay Thompson missing? Probably not. What I am saying is, without Draymond there, you, me, and everybody, even me, with NBA as my distant third language, knows that Draymond Green not on the floor in Golden State is problematic for the state of the Warriors and their percent chances to win. So, I don't know. I keep getting told by everybody who wants to sound smart, more than one thing can be true, Kyle, then why the hell isn't the NBA doing that here? And listen, I got to be careful. I'm starting to get a little frustrated, starting to get a little mad, even about NBA stuff. What's up with that? But I can't dominate mad. That's my guest job. Madman Mark Mancini, the madman cometh. What's going on, balls man? How you doing? Well, I'll tell you, the show is sweeping Wednesdays, man. I'm so blessed to be a part of it, but I will tell you this. I had a chance. I got a picture. I got to show you a shack. I must have needed a ladder to interview him. <laughs> but I, you know, he is he is one of the most given guys. You know, I, I I would if somebody told me who would pay the freight between Shaq or Charles Barkley, I think Barkley might have problems getting past those scorpions in his left pocket. <laughs> but I will tell you this. It's nice to be in L.A. these days, man. The Lakers are looking good, which I said will probably take out Memphis. The Clippers will take out Phoenix. But the three shots I had in the West were Sacramento, Golden State, or the late, uh, Clippers coming out. Yeah. Um, but two of the three are playing each other, so Sacramento looks like they're going to be uh, winning that series unless Golden State can remarkably turn it around. And the East, I said, and I keep telling people this, but they don't want to listen. Keep your eyes on Philly, man. Philly and Miami play the Bucks tough. But I still got Milwaukee, Philly, or Cleveland coming out of the East. Unless the NBA pushes the Knicks and Lakers, because I know how the NBA likes to work this. If those two teams aren't in it, then 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 everybody kind of takes a snooze pill. Well, I mean, you know, welcome to life and demographics. But you know, let me let me go around a little bit with that too. You made a lot of good statements. There's a few a few questions I have, and, and listen, I'm not knocking the, the 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 Kings. And and again, maybe problem is still my vintage and trying to accept that the Sacramento Kings might actually be good. I can't even say the name of the team, Mark. That's how confused I am about it. But the the analyst in me says, well, remember. No basketball playoff series start until somebody loses a home game. That being said, with Draymond's suspension, 
you got to feel like 3-0 and is on the table here, right? Yeah, but they're the defending world champs, too. And unless you punch them in the gut in their home arena, I don't know, man. It's going to get interesting. This is a good series. I mean, when I look at the series, this is what the NBA should be about. Series like that, knocking each other down, the bad boys, the Pistons and stuff. Not series Minnesota and Denver or that one-sided thing that Brooklyn's bringing out. I mean, uh, to Philadelphia. Philadelphia is going to ace this one. This 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 series should be here. Boston, Atlanta is one-sided. Um, but this Miami, Milwaukee, man. I was going to say, I would have expected that from your Bucks, And then here come Jimmy Butler in the heat, bro. What's up? Well, Pat Riley, baby. It's all Pat <laughs> Riley. I keep telling people this. I mean, no knock with John Wooden. No knock with all the the greats that have come through, but Pat Riley, he can go to any organization given time. I don't care if he's 90 years old, this guy will wheel in his wheelchair and turn your franchise around. Pat Riley is, he is something, man. And Mickey Horizon has really uh, thought of something down there in Miami. Eric Spolter, you know, you saw when LeBron James. You you better throw Spoltz in there, man. That cat might be single handedly the most underrated coach at least since Larry Brown, if not of all time. Yeah, yeah. And how so, about the Van Gundys? They were stealing checks down there till Riley said, "Hey, you know what? We got to get rid of you, man." Well, hold on. Hold, Stan Van got him to the finals, man. Like it's not like he was doing a bad job. It's just Riley is like, like yeah. But you know, I, I remember, I remember when uh, Stan, uh, you know, they were out here on the West Coast and they got back home and uh, it was bye bye Stan. Yeah, was, with Shaq and all those guys. So I remember that really vividly. I, I'll say, I'll say this. I'll say this. It takes a pretty big set for your guy, your coach, as a GM, to take him to uh, the finals and fall short, and then slam your junk on the table. I'm like, you know what? I'll get him over the hump, and then do it. That's yeah. Pat Riley in a nutshell, my guy. I'll give you that. The uh, three-peat, the three-peat slogan, baby. Yeah, well, and I mean, that you're going back before they were grays in the slick hair. I got you. Yeah, well, I'm going back, you know, if you really want to go back when the when the Heat were really trying to find themselves, that was that was more or less a, a, a tough go of it when their inception came in the league. They took their lumps, and uh, then then they started to get together, but they really turned it around when Riles got down there. Hey, listen, man, you ain't got to tell me about the Ronnie Cycli Glenn Rice era. I live yeah. here! Yeah. <laughs> Bimbo Coles was an was a yeah. was an asset, and God bless him. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think well, wasn't man. Kevin Loggery a coach? Oh God, you might be over my head on that one. I'll be honest. Yeah, um, I, I don't, remember I don't know if Kevin Loggery had come down there and coached them. I'll have uh, to, yeah. I'll have to ask my good friend Ernest Christian about that. He alleges to be a Heat fan. Um, yeah, I'm trying to pick up the pieces after this weekend where my Maulers fell apart. Well. Uh, I mean, yeah. Well, and, 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 and listen, you're, you're, I believe actually, no, the Maulers, I was about to say the wrong team. Yeah. Uh, the mall, the Maulers aren't just what fell apart. Apparently the ratings compared to the XFL aren't uh, stacking up quite yet. But then again, the XFL is, is into playoff stance and all that. And, and I can see why you're watching your Maulers because your rough, your rough, uh, your roughnecks are all but in the playoffs there, Pondo. Oh yeah. And you know what, what's the NFL thinking, man? You got the uh, XFL, the USFL going head-to-head, the NFL getting ready for their draft. I mean, it's going to be a, a, a blessing to be a football fan these days. <laughs> You're not wrong about that at all. Uh, man, listen, and I got to tell you, I was actually talking 
with uh, Terrence Plummer of the Orlando Guardians today um, in the in their uh, Zoom call. And um, to hear the player perspective about how successful this league is and how much hope that they have now that they know for a fact that there's going to be a season two. And get that last time. Um, but the yeah, ex- we didn't know what to expect. Yeah, with the pandemic, was, right. you know, I was a big Memphis Maniacs guy. I got a T-shirt laying around here somewhere. Wow, you're going yeah. back there. I, I remember when they first dropped it was the Memphis Matrix. Even you're going back even far. Yeah, Memphis Mania. Yeah, man. Oh man. Uh, you know, you start walking around with T-shirts like that. People look at you different. They're trying to figure it all out, but the the old school people know exactly what it's all about. Hey, man, I'm feeling really good, man. My Pirates, man, just Swept through John Denver country when the Rockies, baby. <laughs> well, hey, and I know you're doing the thing with the Pittsburgh Pirates. So, what better way to help you get that going and rolling there? Yeah, somebody was saying you're a fan. I said, no, I'm feeling real giddy, man. It's been a long time since my Pirates. Five games over 500. Big home stand coming in with the Dodgers. And uh, my hockey, man, it's kind of tough to watch the hockey, but I'm pulling for the Bruins and Kings. I know you got the Panthers down there. Yeah. You know, it's tough to watch it with the Penguins out and three teams playing in New York, man. I'll, I'll say that, yeah. I'm well. I, I I know plenty of people are anti-Rangers, and I can't say I blame them. But yeah. uh, with you, you, you mentioned because I've covered a, a struggling franchise too. I wrote for the Dolph- Dolphins Wire a couple seasons. Yeah. One of them being the tanking for two a year. It's not that we're fans, folks. It's just as writers, it's tough writing for a losing squad. And hell, if you cover a college team like I do for the black and gold bannerette, the better the team does, the cooler stuff you get to cover. So as a press corps member, just because it's better for your job, you're not rooting for the team, but you want them to win. There's a difference, right? (laughs) Well, not only that, it's nice to see when, when the team starts winning, regardless of who you're covering, MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, and you've been through that team for a lot of years through the through the downtrodden seasons. Hold on just a minute there. We lost Mark. Let's find Mark. One second here, everybody. There we go. I don't know what happened there. We had a technical difficulty. Yeah. You were saying about uh, following guy teams. Yeah, when, when teams, you know, go by the wayside and everybody gets off the float, but boy, when they start winning, all of a sudden they start dusting off the hats and everything. And I've been a big Dolphin fan for years, but then you tell them about Bob Gracie and, you know, Dan Marino and they go, huh? <laughs> I remember working out in a gym one time and when the Braves were winning division titles and you'd see these guys in the gym with the brave cats and you'd be talking about Smoltz and Maddox and Glavin and they didn't know what the hell you were talking about. I, I think it should be against the law, at least yeah. south of a particular state, let's say south of Mississippi, that if you don't know, if you claim to be a Dolphins fan and you don't know who Dan Marino is, you should be in jail. I, I'm just going to throw that out. There. You know, I'm not even a Dolphins fan. I just covered them. I happen to be accidentally wearing an aqua hat. Don't worry. Well, make sure you put hat. that memo on DeSantis's table. He'll get it done. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, I don't think that's as much of a joke as we'd like it to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but listen, man, you you being a Philly guy and, and, and running, you know, uh, Liberty Bell smack, 
with um with with your team there, your crew there, and all their awesome. I know you paid a little bit of attention to contract news in the NFL and how yeah. Jalen Hurts got the bag. What do you think of that, buddy? I like it. You know, I've always liked Jalen Hurts. Um, he paid his dues. You know, he was you know coming out of Alabama and then going to Oklahoma. You know, and then you know, look at that Eagle team, man. And you know, came up a little short in the Super Bowl, but he's kind of honed everything he's put out there, and uh, it's nice to see him get the big payoff. Hey, you know what? If 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 you're gonna tell me between him or uh, Deshaun Watson, yeah. uh, this is a no-brainer. Well, he and, is, and he is well deserved, and 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 you know what? I like the way he carries himself and everything. Yeah. I don't know what the deal is in Cleveland, Ohio, and and and, and Deshaun Watson, but Masseuse is out there yet. Maybe the news will break down the line here, but I'm not a big Deshaun guy. I'm not, you know, I'm not I, I'm not a big Cleveland Brown fan. So, you know, being from Pittsburgh, you know, I gotta break out the, you know, Cleveland sucks, feel a Pittsburgh lumber. <laughs> spoken, spoken like a guy who comes out of uh Pennsylvania in his own right. I guess yeah. Man, and, and listen, I'll say this because you touched on Deshaun Watson. Like, I, I will admit, being at the time before the news broke, a, a, a Deshaun Watson guy. This guy put up MVP numbers even after he lost DeAndre Hopkins. But at some point, you have to be somewhat responsible for your conduct. And, and I, I, I know that, that we as the media uh, as a whole sometimes overanalyze that. But this is one instance where you you know you're you're using your position as a as a power dynamic to 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 for all intents and purposes assault ladies that's obviously uncool so uh yeah and and you know him struggling with the browns and getting paid the way he is i i can get listen i was at his first appearance in jacksonville in the preseason game yeah, and, got I remember that. and rightly so you know and and, and i i do not wish for him to 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 get injured or anything like that but i'm not hurt that his numbers aren't good you know uh, I, yeah, I, and, and, and that no you're absolutely right and like today danielle and i touched on the thing that's going on in baltimore yeah hell you got money to give the beckham uh junior there how come you can't give that money to lamar jackson let him go to miami let him go to indianapolis washington san francisco i mean why are you twisting this in the wind here Saying you know playing penny pinching with him, but you're giving guaranteed money to Odell Beckham Jr. It doesn't make any sense to me. I wonder if, and this is my conspiracy theory hat, Mark. I wonder. An agent. Well, yeah, I. Well, we we've talked a lot about that. I'm not here to say you're wrong. I'm just I'm not in the mood to talk about that anymore right now. But but, but, but building on that concept, I'll, I'll say this. Here's my conspiracy theory. We went over a little bit last week, but I'll reiterate. Here's my conspiracy theory with Odell Beckham Jr. I, I believe that there's an element of that. Maybe even Lamar has asked for it. I, I don't know. But I believe acquiring him as a weapon is sort of an olive branch um to the uh to Lamar Jackson to Lamar Demetrius Jackson from the Ravens. And and, and if even if it's not, I think they're gonna spin it that way. Well, we tried to get a weapon, see, you know, uh OBJ, blah, blah, blah. Well, how you, how are you gonna compete with the Steelers? The Steelers just got Allen Robinson from the Rams for pretty much nothing. 
No, no, and, I don't. Well, he, they well, got to pay quite a bit of that contract, though. Yeah. Not, well, the Rams are the Rams are paying a, quite a bit of that contract. They are. They got their their part too. They they. Yeah, yeah. I, think I think they're, they're paying 10. ten and a half, and the Steelers might be on for five million of it. To but your to point, give up a, to give up a draft, a, a meager draft pick like that to get Robinson in there. And I like point, the Steelers. They're bringing in some veteran leadership there. Yeah. To your point, it's also not fifteen million guaranteed, like Odell commands. I get it, but compared to Will Anderson, Odell's name has a lot more panache. And frankly, Will Anderson has not been productive as a Ram. So you know, there's a little bit of difference there as far as well, the you might be getting. The difference, the difference is, I would not sign OBJ because his injury history worries the bejesus out of me, but. I can make that – I can defend OBJ over Will Anderson, um, but I, I have trouble defending $15 million guaranteed in a single year. Well, let me tell you, though, that when you look at Allen Robinson, he was pretty much – he had a lot of injuries and, and stuff, but, you know, there's, there's organizations and then there's organizations. Right. And I think what you're going to find out with Allen Robinson going to Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. it's, it's a city where – you know, uh, football is a lot. It, it pretty much runs that city. Hockey mm. and baseball are there too, but to you know, it's a football town with a drinking problem. That's right. But, <laughs> but but I will tell you this: you get into a system like the Steelers, where it's all winning, and they don't have mediocre seasons, and you leave something. Yeah, the weather's great in L.A. and everything, but there's a lot of other things to do. All of a sudden, you become part of a family there in Pittsburgh where, you know, now you, you might take it up more of a notch in, in that city. So yep. I think it's going to be beneficial in more ways than one. I've seen a lot of teams give up on guys and the Steelers swoop in and all of a sudden you're going, well, wait a minute. He didn't do that for this team. How come he's doing it for that team? Sometimes it's a team concept that elevates. And I think you're going to see a big year from Robinson. Yeah, no, I I think, and that's a great point you make about the franchises, Mark, because, I listen, on this show, I keep reminding people, Ozzie Newsom didn't build no bunch of dummies here in Baltimore. Baltimore is a good franchise. However, the argument can be made that one of the few of them that exist that might be better would, in fact, be the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's a great point. It's a great point by you, man. Um, let me ask you this, since we were touched on Lamar Demetrius Jackson. What kind of influence do you think the Jalen Hurts deal has on what Lamar Demetrius Jackson is trying to do? Well, let's put it this way. I mean, well, Hurts had a remarkable year. Yeah. And, you know, if Lamar Jackson's kind of looking at the Deshaun Watson contract, he has a great point on that. And, you know, the thing is now there's guaranteed money in this league. We didn't see this guaranteed money before. So they're guaranteeing this money, you know. Um, so I, I think, you know, he's in a great position because somebody's going to need somebody like Lamar Jackson, right. the 49ers are trying to figure out, they're trying to figure out what to do ever since they drafted Trey Lance and passed on Kyle Pitts. And, you know, that, that Indianapolis is trying to find themselves. Right. Uh, the dolphins don't know what, what's going on with Tua. That's a situation down there. Washington now was in the midst of you know, being bought by uh, uh, new owners, and you know they're going to have deep pockets. Yeah, that so Josh Harris group, right? Yeah, if 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 you're Lamar Jackson, you're licking your chops here, and you're basically saying, "Hey, listen to the Ravens. If you don't want me, uh, you know, let me go, man." 
And that's that's the thing here. And and he's going to probably end up sitting out or doing something. But this franchise tagging quarterbacks is 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 really uh, doing a disservice to your star in, in Baltimore. And I had a lot of respect for the Ravens, you know, their organization and, and everything. But now I'm kind of looking at things a little different here, man. They're penny pinching. Well, uh, to an extent, and, and listen, I, I get. I, I get some of the fiscal concerns trying to sign Lamar Demetrius Jackson. I think you and I have made the point that Lamar Demetrius Jackson isn't um, isn't negotiating against Baltimore as much as they are the Browns and what they did with Deshaun Watson. I think that's the problem. Um, but I'm not prepared to judge either team winner or loser yet simply because there's too much time between then and now, Mark. Uh, it, there's there's a lot more that can still happen. This could completely go the same way that uh, um, Drew Brees' shakedown and 13th hour signing went with the and Saints. That is still very much on the table. Um, if Lamar Demetrius Jackson weren't his own agent, I would still be adamant and confident that that's what's going to happen. Um, but that's the one wild card we talked about, that ad nauseum. But you make the point that the market is being set Here's the thing, though. It's my understanding that Lamar Demetrius Jackson has already refused a contract of this caliber as the of this caliber as the one made to Jalen Hurts. So I wonder if he comes back to the table and says, "You see what Jalen's getting? Match it." Um, well, not only that, you know, you, you're going to set a precedent with your fan base in Baltimore too. If you do not sign this guy, and this guy, you know, goes out of there. You're going to be competing with the Cleveland Browns. Let's face it. You're not going to be competing with the Steelers and the Bengals in that division. You're going. I don't care if you bring in Odell Beckham Jr. Because to me, Odell Beckham Jr. with him recuperating from that injury he had in the Super Bowl, um, good luck. I mean, you can't count on him. He's not Odell Beckham Jr. from the Giant days. No, so, not at all. You know, so the Ravens are going to have to really look at. You better have a target because this guy likes the damn ball. And meanwhile, by the way, God help them if Mark Andrews gets injured. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But no, oh, yeah. That that would be. <laughs> I don't think Hunley's the type of guy that's going to lead these guys to the promised land. I really don't. Um, he's, a, he's he's a middle of the pack quarterback, and if you're going to compete, like I said, with Pickett and the Steelers and Burrow and the Bengals, good luck. You're not. You're going to be closer to battling Cleveland in that division. And let and let's face it, Kyle, you and I have talked about this. This ain't the NFC where you have two real bad divisions in the West and the North. Right. This is the AFC, man. Welcome to the SEC, brother. <laughs> I'll say this, and you beat me to it, so I'll, I'll gladly piggyback. Yeah, man, listen, if you're going to try to float and see how things will work with Tyler Huntley, you pick the wrong division. And I'll see that and raise you this, Mark Mantini. If I'm the Bengals at this point, and Jalen Hurts has set the market, I'm signing Joe within the next week, and I'm doing it so I can do what I can to completely screw over the Ravens in the Lamar Demetrius <laughs> Jackson sweepstakes because I have my assets. My receivers are awesome. My running backs are good enough. They're, they're serviceable. They're solid. Joe Mixon's a good guy, a good runner. Um, my offensive line is bit better than it's been in years. My yeah. defense has upgraded relatively significantly, and I'm about to draft the bejesus out of them, at least according to me. If I'm a Bengals person, I would believe that. So 
if I'm the Bengals, they could set the table to remain Super Bowl competitive and put the screws to Baltimore to make a choice because here's where I, I, I believe the Ravens have the true struggle is the current set of contracts and standing weapons that they have are going to ask for second contracts soon. Right. And if they do pay Lamar Demetrius Jackson, they are in real trouble. And that's what I think the Ravens are truly afraid of that we're not talking enough about. It's not for next season that the Ravens are worried. It is down the line where it comes time. The rent is due for Mark Andrews. The rent is due Dobbins. for somebody. What's that? J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, Dobbins. Well, I mean, as a running back, as a running back in this NFL, you and I both know he's expendable unless he's, well, hell, I'd say Saquon Barkley, but the Giants franchised him for Christ's sake. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> there's that. Um, but yeah, these defensive guys that, that they want to hold on to anybody, Mark, I mentioned Mark Andrews because, you know, he's another tight end. I think I would, it would be a great debate. This should be a separate show topic of who's more essential to their team. Um, Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews. Oh God, that would be, yeah, they're both good. They're both very good. Who's more essential to their squad? And I can make the argument. It is. How about, how about, how about that? We can run a show on the best tight ends, Dave Casper. Oh, I, I'm less. That's it, bro. If I was running a morning show, that could do four hours on that ish. I'm not even going yeah. that far. Just those two guys, you know. Yeah. And, and, and right now, I would probably putting a gun to my own head here. Andrews. Which, yeah, it's got to be because there's more weapons in KC, and Patrick Levon Mahomes the second hasn't missed as many games as Lamar Demetrius Jackson, and when he's injured. He wins Super Bowls. Well, and if you if you want to throw those two in and maybe throw in Gronkowski when he was, I mean, Gronkowski would probably overshadow both these guys. Well, I mean, if he here here's the thing, and I would add this too: if we're gonna if we're gonna play that card as far as who's most important to their team, um, Gronk would be a great answer. But again, you're asking me to see. I would also ask who can survive better without them. And the Patriots have shown us that right. in that era they could survive missing Gronk. Could they win championships? No, but they would. They, listen, Gronk missed time not because he's. I, I don't think it's fair to call him injury prone, though. If you do, I'm not mad at you. I really think his athleticism was just too much for his huge frame to handle, and his body shattered at times because he was breaking the laws of physics. Please see also J.J. Watt, my guy. You know. <laughs> well, and not only that, you know, the, the Ravens Steeler rivalry, you mm -hmm. can cut that with a knife. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's seven points or less in a lot of these games for for, for over a decade. It hey, kind of reminds me of the days growing up with the Redskins and Cowboys, you know, um, or the Raiders okay. Broncos. I'll say, I got to go. I got to go to one of those games. It was 39-38. Roethlisberger came back. After uh, in the fourth quarter, Joe Flacco had the yeah. go ahead, making it 38 32. And Roethlisberger led the comeback after having a pretty rough night, all things uh, considered. Um, man, listen, I could go on and on yeah. about that rivalry. Um, let's see what else I want to bring in. You know, let me ask you this too. And, and I, we haven't really talked about a lot. What do you make of the whole Draymond Stomp thing? What do you think? He got suspended. Do you think that was proper? Uh, I like Draymond. He wears his emotions on his sleeve. Yeah. This is, this, this series is cut uh, less than a hundred miles, Golden State to Sacramento. I thought it was, 
being a disservice to the Warriors. I mean, now, you know, Sacramento's trying to go in there and, and, and go up 3 nothing in this series. I think this series is far from over. I think it's going to be a grueling 6-7 game series still. I think, think Golden so. State's going to have something to say about it. I, I I said from the start, I think the two series that are just not worth watching because they're going to be done in a hurry, and you might want to throw a third one in there. I think Boston and Atlanta's – Philly and Brooklyn and Minnesota and Denver, I think uh, those series are all done. But uh, the people that are jumping on this uh, Phoenix wagon, let me tell you something, Kevin Durant is not going to win you a championship in Phoenix. <laughs> you know, I'm telling you that right now. You're not going to win a championship. Uh, from what I'm seeing is Aiden's a head case. Booker's still too young. Paul hasn't won anything. And I know my brother's a big fan of uh, Chris Paul, but Phoenix is like Brooklyn uh, uh, West here. You know, Durant's not going to win nothing. It's got, you know, sorry to say, he needs he needs the guys like that in Golden State. He doesn't have it. Just he, He's a little bit better than the Kyrie uh, Irving uh, uh, thing that they're playing out in Dallas. But uh, I look for Phoenix to go home uh, in this first round, and then we're going to find out what Phoenix is going to do here. So I'll leave you with that, Mark Mancini. My NBA guy is in the virtual green room. Thanks for coming aboard. Yeah, oh, baby. It's a privilege. Next Wednesday, the draft the day before, and we'll be talking about the Bucks, man. Fear the deer. I love you. That's right, man. Hey, listen, hopefully Chris Middleton does his job for you. Tell the people where you could be found. XM Sirius on Fridays, 203-217. Uh, WWDBAM860 out of Philadelphia with Marianne and Sal. Pittsburgh Pirates podcast Friday morning with Tarek Brock. San Francisco Giants podcast with Alex Berg. Woo. Well, as, as, boy, these two guys, man, they got to be uh, really – can't wait to hit their beds, man. Pittsburgh leaving – uh, Colorado going home and San Francisco leaving Miami and flying to play the Mets tomorrow night. And then I'm back here next Wednesday with you, brother. I love you. Hey, man. Likewise, my guy, you be safe. The madman go with Mark Mancini, everybody. It's always fun to have Mark on the show. But listen, here is a man who in football may cheer for frauds, but I can guarantee you talking NBA. <laughs> What's going on, Danny Thompson? Oh, God. You know what? It is different being on the right side of the screen with you. You know that, right? This is completely different. Look at you with your chic piano in the background, right? I, I mean, you know, the least I can do is be on the left side of the screen. You know what? Listen, I've gotten so many compliments on this piano, which I have never touched. So we're going <laughs> to... <laughs> Man, good to have you with my guy. It, it's it's amazing. He puts NBA writer in his title. I think he chaperons himself by doing that. At least put senior. Damn, I don't know. Anyways, GT, <laughs> it's an honor, joy, and privilege in here. In here, and, and listen, I'm going to call Mark out a little bit. I asked him how he felt about the uh, the suspension of Draymond, and he pirouetted me. He did not give me a direct answer. I know you won't do that, despite the fact that you cheer for a fraudulent football team. Wow! What? I, 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 I it's, it's not your integrity. I question. It's the Atlanta Falcons. Um, but um, I'm sorry, dude. It's been too long. Um, but listen, man. Uh, uh, bringing it back in, I'll, I'll, I'll lead with this. I opened the show saying that I agree with suspension for Draymond. I also mentioned that as many times as people want to tell me more than one thing could be true at the same time, 
Sabonis appears to be getting off that free. Am I missing something? Well, here's the thing, right? Sabonis didn't do anything to warrant a one-game suspension. Right. Yes, yes, he attempted the Kurt Angle angle lock, you know, on, <laughs> on Draymond Green. He went full nineteen ninety, full 2005 Kurt Angle WWE at his, his finest moment with the ankle lock. But listen, the suspension comes from a lot of things with Draymond. Okay. Right. Yes, he stone cold Steve Austin stomped, you know, Sabonis in the chest. Okay. I don't <laughs> You can call it intentional or unintentional. His, he stomped on the man. Oh, no. And there was intent. I don't think we need to dance with that. All right. On top of that, the whole WWE heel tactic he tried with the crowd, you know, egging them on. It was like NWO-esque. Like, Is you it appropriate to call it a heel tactic after he stomped the dude? I'm just asking. I mean, listen. I don't listen, want to get canceled. I, listen, it's, it, it was a heel tactic. I mean, I've seen this in wrestling for years. I'm a wrestling fan. So, you know, big shout, to EJ, big shout out to EJ Christian, by the way. because we Bobby shout wrestling. out to EJ Christian. Because I talked, we talked wrestling on his pod last week. I know you did. Because that's all he can talk fluently. He ain't worth the damn of basketball either. I said it. <laughs> Trap. <laughs> but no, I mean, listen. You, you have the the stomping situation. You had the off the court annex. And Draymond's not exactly the patron saint when it comes to like you know not getting into foolishness. I mean, believe he's known for this. I used was repeat offender. But go ahead. I mean, re- I mean, I mean and, and Joe Dumars said it was because of the fact of the stomp and the fact of he's got a history of this. Like, well, you know, wait a minute, hold on. I don't mean to. I know I keep interrupting you, but you you drop Joe Dumars. Like you're telling me a Bill Lambert teammate is in a position for you to go, bruh, this is where you effed up. Yes, That's of all people. Everything you need to know. Well, I think at this point, <laughs> but I think at the end of the day, it, it had to come, right? You don't want to see one of the Warriors' best players get suspended, a la the NBA Finals all over again, yeah. where in that suspension, it kind of took the momentum of the series. The good news for the Warriors is that, yes, Draymond Green is out, but they get to go home. Like, you know, the one place that Sacramento really needs to win. Like, right. you know, I, I agree with the suspension wholeheartedly. But to yeah. be honest yeah. with you, Sacramento cannot leave the Bay Area in a tied series. That's where we are in this factor. What, what, what's if, how the saying go, Danny? No playoff series starts until the home team loses a game. That has not happened yet, right? Correct. Correct. Neither you know, the, the, the Kings won both games at home, the game one and two. And, you know, it, you know, it was pretty close games for both of them, you know. But the thing is, the, Warrior, the, the Warriors are completely trash at home on the road. On the road. They're completely makes- horrible road. Oh, oh, you said on the road, yeah, yeah. On the road, right. yeah. They're eleven and thirty. They were eleven and thirty in the regular season, and they've lost both playoff games on the road. They're completely horrible on the road, but they're almost one of the best teams in the NBA at home. Mm-hmm. So, if you're the goal, if you're the Sacramento Kings, you cannot go into a playoff series going back to Game Five in a two-two series, because I'm, I'm sorry, Kyle, if the series is tied at two, you're going to put the money on the sac- on the Golden State Warriors. It's just that simple. I would agree with that too, just in the general experience as well in this realm. Because I mean, and I know I'm sidetracking you here. By the way, I'm not done with Sabonis yet. I'm gonna come back to that too, but I'm gonna put a pin in all that. How did we get here? What what was the secret sauce for the Sacramento Kings to get to the playoffs? I know people more basketball fluid than me probably already know this answer, but I am struggling. Why it's very. Well, if he, it, you know, if you really want to look at the the number side of things, they're the second most efficient offense in the NBA. Kyle, they led the NBA in scoring, but the part about it is they're efficient. 
They took 65% of their shots with uh, with about anywhere from a foot to a foot longer in distance. If you watch the, the ball move and the fluidity, you can tell Mike Brown coached in Golden State. The ball moves. It doesn't stick in one spot. On top of that, De'Aaron Fox and and uh, and Tamaya uh, Sabonis is the only tandem that I can remember in all my years of watching basketball. They are both left-handed guys that run the pick and roll to perfection. Oh, that's when interesting. Have you, when have you ever seen two lefties run the pick and roll like this? That's on a top great of that, Danny Thompson. On top of that, they have the second highest effective field goal percentage in the NBA. They're the league's leading scoring team. They take efficient shots. They take open shots. Got they, they can spread the floor. They've had career years from Trey from Trey Lyles, who most people forgot he existed in the NBA. Harrison Barnes has become a good shooter. Keegan Murray's been an underrated rookie. Malik Monk is Malik Monk. Kevin Herter is Kevin Herter. But really, the evolution of this team is because De'Aaron Fox is an all NBA player now. Yeah. Everybody has waited on De'Aaron Fox to turn into this De'Aaron Fox. And he's turned into, as we saw in the first two games, Kyle, he's a star. De'Aaron Fox has turned into a star. And no, if they eliminate if, if they eliminate the Golden State Warriors in the series, this is almost, I'm just going to say, prevalent to what John Morant did two years ago when the when the Grizzlies. He's turning himself into that top, that elite level point, uh, that guard level. So if you watch how the Warriors play, the ball doesn't stick. It moves around. Right. Different guys touch the ball. Malik Monk is hitting shots. They play not one bit of defense. Okay, so they 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 just get stops when it counts. Okay, in game one, Andrew Wiggins missed a wide open three in game one. That's really what happened because they all they they basically let the lead go. In game two, Sabonis gets Sabonis gets injured quotations because uh, he came back and finished the game, and Draymond gets suspended, and the and the Kings hold on, but they were up thirteen in the third quarter. So, truth be told, the Warriors haven't played too bad. Sacramento just can't come back home tied at two. Right. Yes, they have home court, but I'm sorry, Kyle, as much as I don't, want to, I don't want to say this, I would rather trust Golden State to win a game on the road than the Kings to beat the Warriors two out of three games in a row when it counts. Hmm. Well, and it depends. Well, I mean, and you say trash on the road. The, the, the They're question terrible. Is, yeah, the question is how trash are they? Are they so trash that the, the, the Kings can win two out of three in a series in that instance, and you're saying no. Well, I, I mean, I gotta it's, be honest. I'm not. I ain't mad at you for saying it. Let me be clear. Well, I mean, when you have number thirty sitting over on the Warrior side of the court, you know, he's still the golden equalizer. You know, right. Kyle, if you want to play video games, he's the golden gun of Goldeneye. That's what he is. He's odd job. You're not going to stop him. Okay. If Curry goes <laughs> supernova, <laughs> if Curry goes supernova in any game in the series, you're not going to win that game. If Curry has one of those nights where we all know what Stephen Curry can do, there's nothing the Kings can do. You can have Chris Webber, Paige Storyakovich, Mitch Richmond. You can find Tiny Archibald. Nothing's going to stop if Curry goes supernova. In a, in a, in a By the way, game. don't act like I didn't think I made the connection about Oddjob being too small and Steph Curry being too small. Don't act like that got past me, Danny Thompson. Good I'm not saying this. And I think the other part is Jordan Poole has not played really well in the series. Yeah, I Jordan saw some people complaining about that on uh, social media. Yeah, because when you make a hundred, like hundred forty plus million dollars, you expect Jordan Poole to do something. Okay, <laughs> all right. Jordan Poole is playing like a puddle. This Jordan puddle in the first two games. Not Poole. He's a puddle. Damn. He hasn't played very well. So you're taking all those accounts and factors. And like I said, Draymond suspension. Andrew Wiggins is getting his legs back. And to be honest, Clay Thompson's been getting torched on defense. 
when he has guarded De'Aaron Fox, he has been getting torched. I mean, we're talking, as Shaq would say, barbecue chicken. <laughs> but it's still the most entertaining series in the entire playoffs. I mean, the story of the Kings, Kyle, you know, you know, when we last time the Kings were in the playoffs was 2005. I mean, literally, yeah. it's, it's been, we're talking the PlayStation 2. Like, the PlayStation 2 was still existing when the Kings made the playoffs. I had hair, and Kyle was still playing uh, semi-pro football the last time the I Kings was. I was. I was <laughs> right. He's right. I was still training. That He's right. God, I was still a Exactly. <laughs> and the Falcons still hadn't blown a Super Bowl lead. So now I can talk about Oh, no! <laughs> but no, um, it's... It's one of those things, Kyle. It's been a weird series. It's been a weird year. But we have game three on Friday night. You know, the Chase Center is going to be nuts. The text, uh, the, the message came out that war- that Kings fans cannot bring cowbells inside of Chase Center. They will be confiscated and given back to the fan at the end of the game. So, no, uh, cowbells coming down to the Bay Area on, on Friday night or Sunday. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to dress up as Will Ferrell from that sketch. No. No, I'm going to dress up as Christopher Walken from that sketch and just keep telling all the staff, you're going to want that cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that, I mean, in the, 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 the Kings have to do something. Now, mind you, Kyle, mm. here's the craziest stat. We were talking about stats earlier. Mm. In all of the years of Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Klay Thompson, the playoffs, the Warriors have never been down 0-2 in a series. All these years, they have never been down 0-2 in a series. That is hard to believe. So this is – a. We've talked about adversity. The yeah. Warriors have never faced this adversity with these guys together. Yeah, down 0-2, and you're out your one defensive force. Well, that means what, what's going to have to happen is Jonathan Kaminga is going to have to play a bigger role in game game three. Um, Kaminga is a guy that you're going to have to be able to use on the air box. You've got to save Andrew Wiggins' legs because you can't use him the whole time. Right. And not to mention you guys keep switching guys on, you know, on De'Aaron Fox to keep her from getting in the paint. Now – so bonus is going to get his. Okay, he's going to get his points. He's going to get his rebounds. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. What Steve Kerr has to do, and he's been a master of adjustments since he's been a head coach in, in Oakland, is this, or in Golden in San Francisco, is this. The guys need to close out better on shooters. You can't let the, the Kings keep shooting wide open threes. You can't. And secondly, you're at home. Everybody knows what happens in the third quarter when, when the Golden State Warriors are at home. The blitz is coming. <laughs> it's going to come at some point. I mean, it's going to be the point where the Warriors are going to hit the Kings with everything they have. The Kings' job in games either three or game four is to survive the Golden State Blitz. If you can keep the game within, I would say, six to nine points, don't let it get to double digits. If you keep that game single digits after the, the Warriors hit you with everything they have, you got a good chance of winning one of those games. And I'm sorry, Kyle, if you go down 3-1, I can't see the Kings losing two games, especially – I can't see them losing a series, especially when two of those games are home. Yeah, well, and, and and it took me a minute to adjust to why, why you were talking. You were saying they can't – the Warriors can't let the Kings have open – don't you mean you can't let the Warriors have open – no, you didn't – you did mean the Kings, right. Wait, yeah. you're asking for the Warriors to play defense. You have to. You know. You have to play defense. They're a way better defensive team at home. You got to play defense, and that's where we are in all this. You play defense, you close out on shooters, and you just you're going to hit shots at home. The crowd's going to be involved, and you're going to have to get somebody else. I mean, got Dante DiVincenzo, like I said, Jonathan Kaminga, Gary Payton, the second. 
somebody's going to have to give the Warriors a spark other than Steph Curry and Andrew Wiggins and Klay Thompson. Somebody's going to have to give the Warriors a spark and be the spark that Draymond Green is not going to give you on Friday night. So let me jump to this, too, because I, I think the thing basketball-wise that was most surprising is Jimmy Butler and the Heat stealing one from the Bucks. Now, I haven't looked at the stat line, but I'm going to guess that Chris Middleton had a bad game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? What's with the Chris Middleton slander? It's not slander. It's just – and this goes back to when we were doing the show um, uh, years back. It's not slander. If he is on the milk carton – and isn't doing well. The Bucks do not do well in the playoffs, generally speaking. I'm this is if nothing, this solidifies. I am pointing out Chris Middleton as an essential piece of bucket of Bucks success, right? Well, well, Kyle, he had 33 in game one. Okay, I mean, then somebody else stepped the hell up. <laughs> it's called in game one, it called it's called Giannis playing 11 minutes and going out with the back injury. Oh, that's really what happened again. That, that'll do uh, it. That'll do I it. I mean. Anytime Giannis goes out with any type of injury, it it, it will affect everything. Now Which, Giannis, way, good on Middleton for stepping up and dropping thirty three when Giannis is out. I'll give him his flowers. Yeah, I mean, I think tonight's going to be a tougher effort. Um, game two, there is no Giannis in game two for Milwaukee. Ooh. So, on top, you know what Milwaukee's going to have to do is you're going to have to get a big game from Bobby Portis. Um, we're, I mean, Bobby Portis is going to have to double double. Um, they're going to have to be able to keep Bam out of body off the board. So Portis, instead of being the third body, you're going to have to be the second body. Mm-hmm. So the I think what the what the Bucks can do in game two is you're probably going to see a lot more Grayson Allen. I think you'll see Javon Carter play a little bit more. And honestly, I like Joe Ingles. Ingles played really good in game one. He had nine points um, in 15 minutes. Uh, hit three threes in that game. But I will say this. I can't see Drew Holiday going two for nine from three and Bobby Porter's missing every single three. Like, I can't see that happening. In That's the game. a lot to ask, yeah. Yeah. Now, on the Heat side of things, how can the Heat win game two? They're just going to have to survive. Tyler Hero broke his hand. You know, Jimmy Butler did everything Jimmy Butler does. I think he almost had a triple-double in game one. But Tyler Hero has a broken hand is going to be gone for six weeks, for four yeah. to six weeks. So that means – Someone's going to have to scrape themselves before Jimmy Butler has to go full bubble or, or Eastern Conference Finals Jimmy Butler to save them in game two. Like, Miami has a really good chance, Kyle, if they win game two, to put a real serious damper on Milwaukee in the series. You know, when you go down 0-2 and you win both games in the road, not only have you stolen home court, you really took control of the series. Oh, no question. And, and like we said, those these it's it's – it's Miami taking over on the road and coming home with momentum with an emotional guy like Jimmy Butler. That's probably- well, But, Kyle, you know, we talk about bringing guys off the bench. Listen, in game one, the, the ghost of Kevin Love finally showed up in game one. <laughs> like, Kyle, I mentioned this on my sub stack about Kevin Love's three-point shooting, especially from the corners, because Kevin Love is needed. He hit four threes on in game one, Kyle. He had 18 points and, and eight rebounds in 22 minutes off the bench. Kyle, he did everything you asked him to do off the bench. Amen. Now with now with no, you know, Tyler Hero had 13 points or 12 points in, in, the, in the 20 minutes he played, they're going to have to find somebody, whether it be Kyle, Kyle, the ghost of Kyle Lowry, whether it be Gabe Vincent, the corpse of that son is Duncan Robinson, Max Struess, somebody is going to have to score points. Hell, maybe even Victor Oladipo might finally make an appearance in the series. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe they bring back Udonis Haslam, who knocked out a couple threes in the final – 
his final heat home game uh, the final day of the regular season against the Magic. Dude, that, that, guy, that guy's got more salt and pepper in his beard than I can find in a hip-hop album, okay? That's Listen, all- he not. He knocked down two threes against the Magic in the last game. I, I saw it, you know, but but the Magic ain't Patrick Beverly and company. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, I think I said Miami's going to have – it's going to be harder for Miami to find scoring to replace Tyler Hero's 20-plus points a game than it is for Milwaukee to replace Bam because guess what? I mean, because Giannis, because Milwaukee has guys that could do it. Yeah. Um, I will say this. If Miami takes a serious 2-0 lead, one of two things is going to happen. Giannis is going to go to some kind of like – NBA 2K my player mode and score like 75 points in game three. Um, or you're talking about a team that's a high C team that's going to be in serious trouble. If Milwaukee goes down 2-0, that means you're going to have to be you're going to have to be Eric Spolster and Jimmy Butler four out of five times to get to the next round. Yes, Eric Spolstra, the most underrated NBA coach of all time. I I think he's up there. I think he doesn't get enough credit for, for for how good he's been over the years. Um, I'm a big proponent of Eric Spolstra. Um, and, you know, he doesn't get enough credit. You know, people see he won the championship. You know, he was on, on Pat Riley's staff. He won his first one. But then if it wasn't for Jimmy Butler and being basically exhausted, couldn't finish the game in game seven, or the fact that Jimmy Butler went completely exhausted in the NBA Finals, basically willing his way to the, the championship against the Lakers, he would have had a couple more rings. So, I mean, I, I love Spo, but, I mean, these these game twos, like how with the Lakers and Memphis and Miami and Milwaukee are two critical games. They're two critical games in these series. I mean, listen, Spolstra's turning into a uh, turning Udonis Haslam into a name in the way that not only we heard of him as the player he was back then, but even now at 157 years old, finding a, finding a way to make him a useful asset that's a talent that a coach has. And listen, everybody wants to give me Phil Jackson and all this. Whatever. Take your zen elsewhere. Give me Larry Brown. Give me Eric Spolstra. I said it, Danny Thompson. I will say this. But Miami, you know, but the one thing Miami probably will not do in game two is they won't go 15 and 25 from the three-point line. No. That's, I can't that's, see that. That's Miami would. I mean, like right. I said, Vincent went four for five. Love went four for seven. Uh, Tyler Hero had hit a couple threes. Caleb Martin hit a couple threes. They hit 15 threes in the game. So, like I said, Miami's going to have to find Kyle Lowry. Uh, you're going to have to either see Bobby Porter's have a big game or Joe Ingles uh, have a big game for Milwaukee. And I think whoever has the biggest game between those players, I think their team will win the game because I expect Jimmy Butler to go for a quick, uh, easy, simple 30 tonight easily. Let me go to this then. Uh, first, before we go to the statistical anomaly in the Lakers, because I know there had to have been something for that win to happen the way that it did. Um, I'm going back to the Sabonis thing real quick because I didn't finish up with it. I'm not saying I think Sabonis should be suspended. Can we at least find this dude as an instigator here? Like, I think it, that's fair. It was a flagrant one. If it would be a flagrant two, he probably would have seen some money come out of his pocket. Because the thing is, the flagrant one is a flagrant foul. It is a flagrant foul because it was flagrant. The thing was, it wasn't intent to cause injury. And so that's what the what difference the between the Nah, because he, I told you, it was a poor man's ankle lock. So he didn't twist the ankle. Okay, I mean, just because he was bad at it doesn't mean the intent was there. Like, I mean, it still looked to the, to the second that, you know, it was... It looked like he potentially protected his leg. He kind of depends what angle you're looking at. 
I know that he he purposely grabbed it, but yes. Green still had Green still had his footing, right? Oh, oh and no, Green's no. Let, let me stop you there. Draymond's wrong. That's not where I'm taking. No, no, no. no I'm saying Dray, Dray, Draymond still had his footing. I mean, like he didn't go down. He didn't lose stride. Literally, Sabonis basically had it for maybe less than a second. Let it go, and then he got stomped on. It's real simple. Like I said, neither party's wrong, but I can't. I, I don't see. And technically, if they didn't suspend Draymond, I wouldn't have been too bad. If they find him, I get it. The final suspension, I get it. Oh, Draymond's yeah. got a history of this. He's got a history of this. Right. Like we, we don't. You got to take that into a factor. Like Draymond is good for this. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 And yeah, I, I agree with the suspension. And, and and the way I said it was, first of all, the stomp. It's clear there's intent. But even if there was an intent, it's funny. I said this in the intro, Danny Thompson. So you, you know, you you can you can prop my great mind in my distant third language here. But I um, I, even if the step step didn't have intent, because he's a repeat offender, because he's this generation's Charles Barkley in terms of levels of notorious in the NBA, they're going to pretty much suspend him anyway because they want to curtail the very thought from coming in his head building on that now that they see that the nba is taking the attitude they are let's say the warriors as you've uh ascribed escape and win their two games at home and go back to sacramento in a 2-2 series and they have Draymond back somebody else maybe even himself, may try to do other stuff to instigate and 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 and, and all of that I'm trying to curtail that for the public at large because a Warriors team without Draymond Green isn't a true threat for the title, and I want any team at their best without any side crap getting in the way. That's why you kind of put a little warning on the bonus to hit him with a light fine. Hell, let the team pay it. I don't care about that. Just send a message. Um, I think the one thing with Draymond is that he plays with the edge. Yeah. So he plays the edge already, so it's not like you know he needs to psych himself out, you know. Um he 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 does that when he walks in the building, he's ready to rock and roll, he's already on nine. He and finds being on 10. You're, you're right. Yeah, you're so right. he he finds it. So I think in the case of Sabonis, he's gotta make sure that if I'm if I'm Demonis Sabonis in game four and Draymond gets back, that this dude does not get in my head. That's one of the things Draymond Green does extremely well. You know, he oh, plays yeah. that that plays that role completely. You know, guys like Dennis Rodman did it for years. You just get into that po- the opposition's head, um, and you rattle that person. You rattle them. You, know, you get in their head from the beginning. Yeah, you might throw an elbow shot here, there, let them know you're here. But you don't want you don't want to let Draymond get going because Draymond gets going, his mouth gets going, and then we got a long you got a long night in front of you. I'll put it this way: Don't be in a position to where a member of the Bad Boys Pistons tells you you did it wrong. Anyway. Listen, it's 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 ironic. It's ironic humor as best, by the way. Let me uh let me take uh let me take it over to this Lakers series here real quick because I mean it's not that it's surprising that there's a win. If there's been a sweetheart, as there always is with the fakers, that's right. I said it. Um, they, they get their fan bases nationwide, and everybody wants to talk about the Lakers and 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 and, and you know LeBron being there. I am at LeBron. It was just because it's with the Lakers. I get a little annoyed um but hey listen excellent win doing their thing but there's a number of statistical anomalies that took place in that game there's two role players 
that are shooting 85%, Danny, you're not going to get that every night, man, right? I mean, listen, you know, you know, role players shooting high percentages, you know, that's what helped you get playoff wins, right? It happens in playoff series. You, ha- you have statistical anomalies that happen in playoff games. Um, but remember, the guys that had the good numbers in game one, we're talking Rui Hachimura with uh, 29 points. He was he was known for being a score in Washington mm-hmm. when he got when he got opportunities and things like that. And you know, Austin Reeves had a big game, two guys that you would have never expected to have huge games in the playoffs when the Lakers put this team together. But I mean, you know, you gotta think how Rui, Rui was 29 and six off the bench. He played really well, you know, and the guys the Lakers have acquired at the deadline. We're talking Hachimura, we're talking Jared Vanderbilt, D'Angelo Russell. Um, you know, they haven't reached much more Bob Malik Beasley. They've all played well. And I think that's what happened in game one. And also the other part is the anomaly is John Morant hurt his hand. Like yeah. it's that simple. John got hurt. It was like a six point game. And then they, they basically got the doors blown on after that. But here's the here's the problem. Here's yeah. where we're gonna get this. There's no way possible that the the, the Grizzlies going into game two. Now, mind you, game two is going on as you report the podcast. Right. There's no way in game two that the, the Grizzlies can have that same type of effort at home. And two, listen, Desmond Bain can't shoot as bad as he did in game one. Now <laughs> More <it's> fast anomalies. <laughs> yeah, so now I say all the anomalies. Talk about game two. And, Kyle, as we're recording the show, the Grizzlies are up by six in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's it, this is what the playoffs are all about. The Grizzlies, who don't have John Morant, is getting a career-high game, Kyle. So, if I told you when the night started that Xavier Tillman would be leading the Memphis Grizzlies with a double-double, you wouldn't have had that on your NBA bingo card for the playoffs. You know know what my response would have been? It would have been the guy in the original Guardians of the Galaxy movie when he first runs into Chris Pratt. Who? Exactly. (laughs) I mean, literally. Your team's lead, you know, the guy you would think that would be having the most points, Desmond Bain has, has got 13 at the three-minute three mark. But they're getting good efforts from guys like Luke Kennard yeah. and David Roddy, okay? Sammy Aldonia has come off the bench. And like I said, without no Steven Adams, you don't have John Morant. He's grabbed seven rebounds in 14 minutes off the bench. But Lakers fans, I know everybody loves to bring LeBron James, but – Anthony Davis is three for 13. <laughs> D'Angelo Russell's two for 10. That's a That's problem. A That's a problem. Yeah. But Kyle, um, Rui Hashimura has 20 points in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, listen, Rui's doing his thing off the bench. He's doing his damn job. Uh, man, listen, and, and, and this is how I'll close out the Laker talk quickly, man. And, and, and I, you know, as much as I joke about being anti-Lakers, I typically am. I also have to respect, you know, LeBron and AD as a duo and that they're that they're a dangerous team, whether I like it or not. Um, but, man, if we're going to talk about I don't think the Suns can make it through because I don't think KD's health can hold out. Can't I say the same thing about the Lakers, buddy? these national media members and granted, I know Nick Wright goes off on his tangents and gets crazy, even though he's a guy I prefer to consume. He he has his moments where he's off the handle and all this Lakers to the championship mumbo jumbo. At some point, AD is going to either hit the glass, a uh, 20 year old LeBron, 20 year old, 20 year career LeBron 
is going to slow somehow. He's going to pull a groin or something. And, and I'm not wishing for it. Good God. Listen, the more LeBron's in the game, I hope he gets another championship. I really do. You know, but um, you got to think at some point the wheels are going to fall off, right? I mean, Laker fans screamed in game one when Anthony Davis went down with the injury. So it, it happened in game one. So he returned to the game. The one thing with the Lakers, right? And we still haven't seen this, Kyle. The Lakers haven't lost a playoff series with LeBron James and Anthony Davis who both of them play every game in the series. Ooh, that's a good point. Last time they were completely healthy through the playoffs, they won the championship in the bubble. That's accurate. But I'm telling you, I don't think we'll see that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, like I said, it's the playoffs are a weird, a weird this is the, the Western Conference is weird this year. Tournaments okay. in general in basketball do that. The NCAA does it. The NBA is no different. It just they just have series instead of single nation. Well, in in the playoffs this year, three of the four series in the West are really kind of almost pickups, right? Right. Because and the Cavs are, are were, were very confusing to me. I didn't know what to well, make. In the, in the West, I think three of the four are kind of up in the air because there's no way unless the Nicole Yokas get traded to the Colorado Avalanche. Where it hits cleanup for the Rockies, that there's no way that Denver loses the series. There's just no way. Okay, unless Nicole, unless Nicole Jokic is throwing baseball passes on the NFL field replacing Russell Wilson, because if, if Jokic is the quarterback, I think the Broncos would go nine and eight. By the way, first if, of all, you leave uh, uh, you leave Russell Carrington Wilson alone, sir. Listen, Nicole Jokic throws the best outlet pass in basketball. So if he's out there throwing dimes out there, he's throwing <laughs> 30 touchdowns, okay, for the Broncos. But no, um, if you look at the Western Conference, we're talking about Lakers and, Matt, and Grizzlies, that's a pick 'em. Like you, 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 the Lakers have a real chance to win that series. Okay, the Grizzlies are the, are the higher seed team, but the Lakers have a good chance of winning it. Sacramento, Golden State, Golden State's the lower seed team, but they're still the favorite to win the series. Right. And, and then you got the 4-5 matchup where you have Clippers and Suns, and to some it's a pick em. To me, it's the Clippers. I don't trust the Suns. I've been saying this since the Kevin Durant trade. I don't like it. They yes, haven't had the gel, you know. No, they're just too top-heavy. That too. You know, they're, they're a team that's really needing Kevin Durant and, and, Dot, and Devin Booker to do what they got to do every single night. Chris Paul is 217 years old. And he's just now an efficient point guard. He's what Jason – he's a better shooting version of Jason Kidd when Kidd was with the Mavericks. All right? But Jason Kidd won a championship in Dallas, though. You're not wrong. Like that. Still, damn, that was – I mean, it ends well. But that, that was rough, Danny Thompson. <laughs> the real problem is DeAndre Ayton is completely frustrating. Hmm. It's like DeAndre Ayton plays when he feels like it and when he doesn't halfway care. And all your bench depth is in Brooklyn getting destroyed by Joel Embiid. All your resources are in Brooklyn getting killed by Embiid right now. It's so, ironic that you mentioned Brooklyn because they, too, are super top-heavy as much as we tried to tell our friend Bobby Blackjack. But well, <laughs> I don't think you're talking about I think they just re- – I mean, the, the, the Brooklyn Nets are the same way constructed with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. It's the same way as the, as the Suns are. There are a lot of guys at the top of the, of the food chain, not enough to go around. Now, now, this iteration of the Nets, they're just running into an irritated Embiid. They got tired, and the Nets had every chance. They had every chance to win a game in game two and couldn't stop Tyrese Maxey in game two. So when B drops a 40 bomb against, the, against the, uh, the Nets in game three, then the sweep is coming. I'm yeah. hoping Brooklyn can win game three and make this a gentleman sweep. They shake hands and go home in game five. But if Embiid goes complete Godzilla, this series gets swept and Brooklyn goes home real quick. 
Yeah, but try to tell me that Embiid ain't the damn MVP. Just I saying. mean, listen. I'm just uh, saying, Danny Thompson. I gave, I gave it to Embiid. I had Joker three, uh, 90% of the year. But just like the Kentucky Derby and last year's MVP race, um, Embiid caught Jokic because Jokic was cold down the stretch. He wasn't the same Jokic down the stretch. Oh, you mean he wasn't scoring like better than any big man in the past 40 years? Yeah. It was a little it wasn't as efficient as it was, Kyle. He was missing shots. He, he was missing bunnies. There was games where he just like a couple game winners, especially in the Brooklyn game, where he had a game a game winner and he clanged it. Wow. Uh he had two game winner opportunities in the game and missed both of them. It's and B was out there literally going 39 and 15 almost every night down the stretch for the Sixers. It's the same way, same thing that Joker did last year. Caught Embiid down the stretch. I think Embiid caught Joker. Embiid has my vote for MVP. So I'm there you go. Embiid caught Joker, and we're laughing. Woo! There you go. Danny Thompson. Man, that was fun. Hope you do it again soon. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, it's um, you know, I, well, I know you're, you're not a you're not a Hawks guy. I'm just listen. I'm just glad they're participating in 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 the playoffs with Trey Young. It's you know they're. Yeah, but- the thing is, you know, the Hawks are participating. They get a participation trophy and lose their lottery pick. That's what the participation was. We're getting bulldozed by the Celtics. The Celtics are basically just going to dismantle the Hawks. The Hawks are really – I don't know what to say about the Hawks. I, I've really come to the realization that Trey Young is not the guy in Atlanta. And when I say not the guy, not to say he's a bad basketball player. Oh, yeah. It, That's it just goes – Yeah. I, I, it's coming to the point where – you can't win a championship with Trey Young Trey is your number one. Or at least not in that setting, is what I'll say. No, no. When, when he is your he is your main guy, your number one star, your number one stud, it's not going to work. I'll right? tell you, man. We'll do some NBA post-mortem on that because you have some interesting concept there that I want to walk through because, I mean, listen, I'm not going to argue with you on Trey Young too much because, damn it, I don't have NBA writer under my title, man. Danny Thompson, right. tell the people where you can be found, my guy. Listen, you can follow me working at 3pointconversion.com. And also, if you really want to see where my data work is, check out my Substack, which is called The Wonder for the Data. It is, Kyle, a the perfect R&D, Kyle. This is what you know. You know about the R&D. Research and development. So this is basically data analysis. Basically, a lot of folks who hate analytics and numbers and data, this is the best place to come. If you don't understand it, read my work. I make it simple enough for you to understand. It's so simple, my wife can understand it. Wow, I'm going to pretend Precious didn't hear that, but if she did, I'm going to say, how Precious? So I can distance myself as far as possible from that comment. No, uh, my, wife's extreme, my wife's extremely intelligent. As someone who's coming into the NBA watching on a regular basis, yes. I kind of I tailored this entire Substack crowd to literally, you know, breaking down data to the point where, you know, the person who doesn't really know data can understand it. Because, Kyle, you know, we're both in the data world. You're coming right. from this, 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 the data side. And a lot of people who know data can't really explain it you know but especially when it comes to sports they really can't explain why is it what what's so important and nowadays you have you know kyle it kind of reminds the episode of south park right i'm not sure if you watch south park Did so you remember you, kyle how do i not watch south park so kyle you remember the thanksgiving <laughs> episode when it came to the um when they were going black friday shopping over xboxes and playstations <laughs> yes i do <laughs> so that's what analytics folks and basketball watchers are really are. So oh, the fine. Xbox and PlayStation people, right? <laughs> they will go to the death for the to defend their part. Data folks will literally kill will kill folks because they think data is correct. 
that people who watch basketball, anybody over the age of 35 will say watching games mean more than knowing stats. But in all hindsight, both of those can correlate very well together. That's right. Watching basketball is the end-all, be-all, but knowing everything on not the surface level, but three or four layers under the surface level is the end-all, be-all. You know, yeah, Kyle, it's great to know that, you know, you ran a 4-6-40 at, at, the, at the combine as offensive lineman. Listen, that 4-6-40 is amazing. We got to get you on the field. But if you allowed 12 sacks in the final two games of the season, that 4-6-40 time don't sound so good. Damn, you went from lifting me up to insulting the bejesus out of me, Danny Thompson. Holy snap. I almost cursed on this show. (laughs) Yeah, but Kyle, but if you look at this, you know, people look at numbers and those things, right? They 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 they, that's how you judge a player. But if you can't block worth anything, those numbers mean nothing. Right. So when you look at Nikola Jokic, you know, this is the perfect debate between Joker and and Embiid. When you look at the Joker's numbers, it's a lot of the stuff that makes the Joker amazing, besides if you don't watch his game because you don't want to stay up late. Is the numbers under the hood? Yeah, the numbers of the hood. Kyle, the man, because the effective field goal percentage is a great determined determination of shooting. So I'll give you a quick analytical lesson. Effective field goal percentage, Kyle, is an extremely great number because, as we've all learned in basketball, the game has evolved. Say, you know, say what you said again slower because you kind of rapided right through that. I wanted no to get through on the podcast. No it's, it's called effective field goal percentage. Okay. Okay. So as we watch basketball from the 80s into the 90s, most shots were taken either between the paint or or basically jump shots. Three-pointers weren't really part of the game as much, right? But right. since the explosion, Unless you were Mark Price. Well, <laughs> Mark Price wasn't out there knocking – wasn't out there shooting five threes a game either. You Correct. Know, I think, Kyle, back when I want to say in the 2001 season, I think the team led the league in NBA shooting threes. Or I think we're shooting like 14 a game. <laughs> most teams shoot 14 and a quarter. That's right. <laughs> All right. So as the game has changed, as Steph Curry still continues to shoot threes, as he's shooting threes on his night off, the game has changed. So it's really guys in the paint and guys shooting threes. So they create this metric as a statistic called effective field goal percentage because if Jared Allen, who's one of the best field goal shooters in the NBA, best shooters in the general, he shoots 64% from the floor, Kyle, because most of this stuff is within three feet. Right. It is what it is. Steph Curry shoots 44%, but he takes more than half his shots from the three-point line. Right. So does that make Jared Allen more efficient than Steph Curry? It doesn't. So what effective field goal percentage is, they put a kind of a a kitty or a kicker on three-point attempts. They weigh. They give it like a higher weight. So it's like, I think it's like 0. 0.5. Right. So, so for every... Field goals one every three points is point five. Because so look, what they're doing down the stretch is because if you if you miss a three, you can miss more threes. You only need two threes to get to six, but three twos to get to six, and it is that weight they're putting in there. Basically, yeah, so it's basically kind of balancing out. So Steph, I, mean, Curry's I, I know you want to act like you're teaching me data, but I'm kidding. No, no. <laughs> no. But, but it shows that. So I did an article about you know the best shooters in the NBA. The effective field goal percentage was scoring, mm-hmm. and Steph Curry might shoot 45 percent from the floor, but his effective field goal percentage is 54.5 percent. Right, and that's including all the threes he takes. So Steph Curry is not as bad as Nicole, Nicole Jokic's effective field goal percentage is over 62. Now, mind you, Joker shoots. Five, four to four and a half to five threes a game. So he's taking his share of threes. 
and he's knocking them down. He shot. A big man, I might add too. Yeah. So he shot sixty-one percent from the floor and thirty-eight percent from three. Kyle, he was four. It was three three-pointers away, Kyle, from literally going 60-40-85, which, of course, nobody league's ever done at seven foot tall and a triple-double at the same time. But that just kind of balanced out how field goals work. And so it's it allows Steph Curry to be in the consideration of being one of the better, you know, pure field goal shooters in the league because it makes three-point shooting better. It counts, it counts three-pointers. You know, because it's a further distance. It gives you, quote-unquote, hey, it gives you Brian points out there jacking 30 for three-pointers. There you go, man. No, I like it. And see, and that's what's different about your brand of data, though. There are times in our debates, I have accused you of being a slave to it a little bit too much. You are perfectly capable, Danny Thompson, of relating the data to the real world and not being a slave to it. And that is why you need to read a stack stream. Danny Thompson, an honor, joy, and privilege. It's not, I hope you'll be back. You will be back, Mama Jamma. Listen, the NFL draft's coming up. My Falcons about to, we're about to win this draft next week, in two weeks. So uh, we're about I to mean, win the draft. I mean, the chances so. for that are there, but at the end of the day, Desmond Ritter's still your quarterback. May the force be with you. I, I believe in Desmond. Listen, oh, I believe God. in number nine. I oh, God. Oh, wow. Listen, Kyle, I watched him play on Christmas Eve in Baltimore. And there were some throws he made in the game, but you can tell that he started to get confidence. And Kyle, guess what? They won the last two starts. Ritter didn't have not one interception in the four starts he had last year. Yes, he fumbled the ball a couple of times. And on top of that, he never had Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts didn't play any of the games Desmond Ritter was there. He found Drake London, and Drake London still fumbles the football, still drops passes, <laughs> but he found Drake London. <laughs> Tyler Allergy was almost a 1,000-yard rusher. If if Arthur Smith, who added Johnny Smith, they added Mac Hollins, I said in your draft that we take Jackson Smith and Jigba because, listen, if you're going to go all in, you didn't trade for Lamar Jackson, you better give Desmond Ritter everything possible. By the way, thank you for bringing up the 2023 inaugural student of the game real mock draft I was going yes. to before you went out, but now you saved me a step. There you go. Hey, no problem. I, I think the Falcons can, you know, the Falcons have a lot of movement to do. Um, they've been, I've, I've been hearing that they're one of the hot teams. Uh, people want that pick at, at eight. You know, teams who want, as Kyle would say, the beef. The beef. They, they want the beef. And there's teams that are ahead, that are behind the Falcons that want offensive linemen. And, and I've heard eight is a sweet spot. Eight is where you can you can still get a Paris Johnson. You can still get um, the kid from uh, Northwestern. You can jump ahead of everybody. Skaronsky, who went in the Saronsky. ninth in the 2023 student the game, real mock draft. Yeah, Saronsky. You can go get him from the from Northwestern. But if you believe well it's offense linemen, you're going to have to jump Houston. You're going to have to jump the Jets. You're going to have to jump those teams to get the guy that you want. So Atlanta could move down. Atlanta could stay at eight. They can take uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, or I listened to Charles Davis last night, and he said the Falcons should take John Robinson. Ah oh, man, you know I'm not mad at Bijan in the first round, but that's a little high. Well, listen, but, we but, we just don't want Bijan to end up in Philadelphia. That's we, what we all don't want. That's first of all, that's an excellent <laughs> point, and second, I would also say I Help think, us all. <laughs> I think Bijan Robinson is going to be similar to Kenny Pickett. Let me tell you why. Bij uh, Kenny Pickett was not a, in my mind, higher on my board than Malik Willis. 
on anybody, or, or, or I should say, I did not. I liked Malik Willis better last year than Kenny Pickett as a as a prospect, okay. unless it was the Steelers who were picking. Bijan Robinson okay. should not go very high in the first round, and there are a handful of teams in the first round who should try to pick Bijan. If your strategy is what the Falcons are trying, I get it. I'll leave it at that. Uh, I mean, my, my only thing is I'm a big fan of talent allergier, but I do understand that B. John Robinson can, can catch the run at the same time. I don't want to end up in Philadelphia, but something tells me if the Eagles don't take him at 10, you got to watch the Dallas Cowboys trying everything in their power to move up. I think the, I think he would be a great fit in Dallas. I agree. I mean, I think Dallas, I think Buffalo. Um, I don't, you know, even if they go for him, I think he's going to flop in Buffalo. I do. Do you? I do because it. I, I mean, Devin Singletary is not a bad runner. I know it's pos- popular to kind of you know crap on him or whatever. I know that Bijan and and the the appealing thing to his concept is that he's multifaceted and you can move him out to the slot. Frankly, I get worried that all they're going to do is use him as a receiver, and you're still using Josh Allen to run the damn football. That doesn't solve the problem. I don't think that works. I don't know. I think Bijan Robinson, if you put him in the Buffalo system, Kyle, I think you give him eighteen to twenty carries, like you mentioned before. Quarterbacks in carries, I'm all for it. I don't see that happening. I think I think he Rajar Robinson is a bell cow back. And Kyle, I'll be honest with you, if I really did this draft, I'm sorry, Cortland Griffin. I know you're you're the three-point conversion NFL expert. Allegedly. I have Bajar, <laughs> I have Bajar Robinson as the fourth best player in the entire draft class. That's a little high. I'm gonna have to agree with Cortland on that. I, I think he's fourth. I think the only guys that are in front of him. Will Anderson of Alabama, um, I think Will Anderson is the best player in this draft. That's fair. I, I think that if you look at number two, I think I'm I'm, I'm really high on by uh, on on Bryce Young. I'm sure. really high, I'm high on Bryce Young, and to me, right behind the uh, at three, I know he he came fat. His workout, he didn't finish. The workout, he did. Listen, he was fat. He grew. He put on pounds. I just like the way you put it, buddy. He he came he came he came to his pro day fat. He finished. It, it wasn't even a forty time. It was like forty time fat. <laughs> forty time. <laughs> so I still think. Tell the people who you talk about. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Javon Carter of Georgia. I think Javon Carter was completely um, dominant at Georgia all year. Like you mentioned before, it's about the right fit. You mentioned NFL. One thing, Kyle, the difference between NFL and NBA is. Because there's so many players on rosters, you're correct. The right player has to go to the right team. Because you've had talented guys go to the wrong team and it doesn't work. Did you I think Carter, if he goes to the right situation, could be, I think, a Pro Bowl defensive tackle. I'm stepping out of limb here within the first three years. So here's the thing. You mean Jalen Carter, because Javon Carter is an NBA player. NBA. Jalen Carter. Okay, you're a basketball guy. I'm not going to get on your I'm watching, the, I'm watching the Bucks game. Don't beat me up. No, hey, I'm, I'm saving you from the pod people. I get you, Jay, buddy. Jalen Carter of Georgia. Um, I have him number three. And like I said, I have Bajan Robinson. Even over four. and above all the off-the-field stuff. And, and listen, you're not wrong. I think he's Carter's so, so, a player. He's so good, Kyle. He's so good. And, and how much it's it's hard to get guys with size that can operate like that. And and listen, I, I appreciate you bringing some football in. Uh, I, I, I got I'm on the student of the game podcast. Literally, if I'm watching the screen right now, there's a there's a play in the background. If I don't talk football when there's X's and O's on my screen, I'm not doing you justice. 
Well, damn it. There you go. I mean, listen, I, I spoke. I, I was trying to speak, you know, the third language all night, but then you threw some English in here. And, you know, anyways, Danny Thompson, honor, joy, and privilege, my guy. You did your rundown of where you can be found. So I got to tell the people I'm Kyle Nash, the student of the game. You can find me on Twitter at the SOTG. Find me on Instagram as the same. The SOTG. Find me on Facebook as the student of the game. Check out my writings and various musings on the three-point conversion regarding the XFL final regular season week coming up. Should be interesting. Some playoff implications still going. Some things locked in, but not everything. So look out for that in the upcoming edition there on the threepointconversion.com. That's the number three, not the word three. And, of course, my work with the black and gold banneret. You can find my action talking about John Rice Plumley hitting a two RBI triple and hitting a 70 yard pass to Kobe Hudson in the same night. Find out how we'll check out the latest podcast or look at the knee jerk reaction to this, to the UCF football spring game that I wrote for the black and gold banneret. And of course my work with a seven B in sports and the three point conversion. When I'm covering the Jags, it's for them. That's a good time all the way around. And got a little something else in the work. The return of dinner time in the makings with my friend Tokyo Jameson, me and B, Big TJ, breaking down stuff. We start out talking about comedy specials, Danny Thompson. We went in and analyzed Chris Rock's uh, latest special, Selective Outrage. Got to tell you, that was a fun time. We did another one, too. And it was tailored to a different comedian. There's a little tease for you if you want to find out who that is. But look out for all that. That that uh, entertainment piece, by the way, with Big TJ will be on Team NBS Media. So look for that sooner than later. I will give you the official release when it's time. For now, it's just a little tickle, little tease. There you go. But listen, in the meantime, thanks to all who came aboard and enjoyed talking sport with me here tonight. Thanks to, of course, the madman, Mark Mancini. And of course... Data man Danny Thompson coming and doing the thing, DT, trying to handle the business and keeping me right catching up with NBA because I got to tell you, the XFL was pretty damn distracting. That's a lot of fun, Danny Thompson. You should watch some XFL football when you can. I do watch XFL. I'm a fan of the three-point conversion. I don't mean the website. I I fan like of- <laughs> you must have loved what Seattle was doing at first, going for three every time for a while there. Ben DiNucci making the difference. I tried to tell you people. Anyway. I think the NFL should get the three-point conversion. I I think somebody petitioned for that. And I know the Eagles petitioned for the transparency that they do on XFL games. The Eagles petitioned the NFL to do that. Just don't do the kickoff returns. I just don't like I'm not a big fan. Of the oh, those are returns. awesome. We can fight about that later, about how wrong you are about that at a different juncture, Danny Thompson. I'm going to tease you to be <laughs> to come and get you whooping for next time. Listen, steel cage match, sir. Steel cage match. Oh, look at that. And then, you know, Precious could just have fun watching. It'll be great. If you win, you could shout into the crowd like Rocky or something. It'll be great. <laughs> Precious! <laughs> oh, man. Well, all that and more next time. And, of course, look for the next week's edition of The Student Became this same time if you're watching on the Huddle Up Podcast YouTube channel and Twitter and various other places. But until next time, everyone, class. Dismissed.